What's going on guys? Rob Childs here with a fighter story and today's guest is Brandon Ide. Brandon Ide has an amazing story about marrying young and getting divorced along with many other life lessons that we've learned about him throughout this conversation. I really hope that you can stick along and follow this podcast. I am growing slowly and we are getting different guests on here. Again, my guest's name is Brandon Ide, and welcome him to A Fighter's Story. I think, you know, the, the format of your podcast especially, it's just, it's just like you got to be open and honest or else it's not going to work. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the whole point is just like to actually get stories across. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter like how many people hear it. It's just a one person you know exactly kind of kind of picks it up and that was kind of like what drew me to actually doing all this was all like my medical stuff and you know like I've changed probably more in the past year than I have in my entire life um and I guess okay well well Jess uh did the math and it's been 50 weeks since we got engaged so two weeks short of a year so apparently that's a a big factor in it but uh all right so anyway yeah doing it (laughs) the roles have been reversed man we're in the building (laughs) we're in multiple buildings you have a hotel painting behind you it looks like but i do yeah yeah yeah, it's it's a it's a nice you know creepy but (laughs) um yes so for the listeners that are out there this is brandon eyed i have known brandon eyed probably going on what 15 years yeah, about 15, maybe yeah, more. Something about that, yep. Uh, he grew up with my brothers. Um, he's kind of seen me go in multiple changes or phases of my life. And now I've had the fortune to be able to know him as an adult and to get to see him go through some of his struggles. And so Brandon also had a podcast um, and he had me on there. And so now the roles are reversed and I get to ask Brandon some questions. Um <laughs> So I think I just want to start at the beginning. Um, sure. I knew you as a child, obviously. Um, but in that, I didn't actually know, you know, everything once you left, you know, where you were going, what was going on, kind of what your childhood was like. Um, so if you could just kind of like briefly explain kind of like who you are, where you came from um, and kind of what your childhood was like leading kind of like, you know, up into um, adulthood. And kind of, sure. Kind yeah, of I'll there. try. I'll try to keep it brief. I, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you know, we know we were all growing up in Adrian, Michigan. So that's where everything started up at. And um, from there, uh, you know, I went to high school at the regular place, Adrian Public Schools for all the way up until sixth grade. I uh, got in a fight with some kid and then ended up transferring uh, over to the school that my mother graduated from which was Sand Creek High School. And it's this little country bumping school out in the middle of nowhere next to a cornfield and uh, graduated with like 60 people. (laughs) So a real small school. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so way, way different experience than Adrian High School. (laughs) So uh, yeah. So while my, while all my other friends were there at Adrian, I was over at Sand Creek and the experiences were starkly different. And because of that, I, I ended up becoming different in a way and uh so you got into a fight i've never heard this story i've never known to be a fighter is that something that i just didn't know about you i'm not a fighter it was so awkward man it was the only fight i've ever been in in my life 
and uh <laughs> and it wasn't even it was at it was like during recess when recess was still a thing yeah and yeah man and we just we ended up on the ground and punches were thrown i don't even know if i hit him <laughs> and, and a teacher ended up scooping both of us yeah. up and taking us to the principal like yeah. almost immediately One yeah it was child fights yeah it was very short-lived yeah but my mom she just it's almost like a fresh prince of bel-air situation she was just like got in one little fight and my mom got scared and then she threw you in a cornfield and didn't call uncle phil she, yeah, yeah that's right she did not call uncle phil yeah, that's right she called said uncle phil yeah should have called uncle phil yeah if i had one at the time man yeah, boy right. oh boy yeah but uh so anyway um went through sand creek just fine you know made a couple friends there as normal and um, graduated, uh, went to college in Jackson, Michigan for one year. I went to Jackson Community College just to, I went there just to try it out because I didn't even know if I wanted to go to college or not. And um, so I went to Jackson College where it's like, you know, if I incur any debt, at least it'll only be a little bit. Just to kind of take and like the basic classes just to see what Exactly. Yeah, yeah, That's right. Because I know typically, you know, high school, you don't really get to choose what you're taking unless you're super smart. And then you get like, you know, different classes that you get know you can handle. Stuff and, yeah, exactly. You get to yeah. sound smart when you say I'm taking AP classes. Right. And it's like, and it's like, oh, hey, you put two letters in front of it. You're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I went there because I, I knew that in college, at least later on in college, you can get really specific with what you find out you want to do. And uh, so I was looking forward to that. And I go to JCC, I'm living in this apartment complex, this really seedy, skeezy apartment complex um, that's really close to downtown Jackson. And uh, I forget the name of it, but it's like, it's, it's the type where like once a week you're hearing gunshots. It was wild. <laughs> and yeah. like the, eleva the elevator in the hallway smelled like cat piss most of the time. <laughs> and it was so just... you just moved straight to the ghetto. Yeah, man, because I, you know, and this is actually probably good background information, like Growing up, my older brother, Jason, he um, he's six years older than me. I'm 26 and he's 32. Mm -hmm. And when he was going through school, he would get in with the wrong crowd all the time. And because of that, he would get this complex where he was like, oh, I don't need my parents. Like I can leave and come back whenever I want. And so he'd be in and out of my mom's house all the time. And uh, he'd be gone for months and then he'd come back and be like, oh, I couldn't do it. And then he'd leave again for months. And it was just a cycle. And I saw the strain that that was putting on my mom, especially financially. And uh, as soon as I, I think it was like 17 years old when I told her, I was like, mom, I'm never going to do what Jay did. <laughs> like if I leave, it'll be on my own volition and I'm not coming back unless it's to visit. And that's it. Like, I'm not coming back to live. And uh, she said, well, okay, we'll see. Cause like yeah. prior, you know, that wasn't working out. <laughs> so she was, she was like, all right, we'll see, you know, we'll see what you're made of. And, you know, I never did. I never came back. <laughs> I went out there to Jackson. My cousin Kate set me up in this apartment that she was already living in and there wasn't a bedroom available. So I lived in the living room and I slept on the couch. And at the end of the couch was my dresser. And then I had this little rolling stand that I would put my laptop on and I would do my schoolwork. So that was my living situation that I started off with. I mean, there's nothing it, wrong with that, though. I, th those situations yeah. are... Like once you kind of level up in life, you look back, you're like, man, that sucked. But you you miss it. It's weird when you miss little things about it or like you it, it's what makes you who you are today. Unfortunately, right. unfortunately, but yeah, I know you're so right. Yeah. And that's funny. That's funny. You say that too. like looking back on it and after you've leveled up, because like 
as soon as I get to where I really want to be, and I'm almost there, by the way, I'm pretty close. And <laughs> as soon as I get there, I've already taken a picture of like, not the inside of the apartment, but like the outside balcony where I used to live there. And uh, I have a picture of it on my phone saved specifically for a post in the future where I go, uh, how it started, how it's going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To do like the level up pictures because, you know, it's nostalgic and it's it's fun to look back at. Yeah, no, yeah. I it, it's weird. So like, I know, you know, like a little bit about my story and uh, there was a time to where things were really bad for me. I ended up yeah. in like a really shitty like trailer in Clinton, Michigan. And uh, yeah, there's no heater in it. You know, like we heated it with the stove and Flex and I slept on a couch or a futon that wasn't as long as I am tall. And it wasn't, it was just as wide as I am. And Flex and I Jeez. both run that with no heater. And we did that for like a few months. And uh, I've gone back and like videoed it. You know, like I've wow. actually brought a camera and like walked around and videoed it. So that way, like, and this was like two years ago before I even did like, any youtube video or like took like instagram or anything you know before i actually cared about that i was like i'm doing this this is the bottom i'm gonna like look back on this and i need proof of it before this is gone you know it's it, it's weird but it's definitely one of those things <coughs> uh, excuse me it's not covid i promise it doesn't matter i'm in quarantine hey we're you. more than six feet man and i'm fully vaccinated <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah so all right so you go to jackson Yep, and I go to Jackson. You go to Jackson. Yep. And so I'm, uh, you know, the college thing, it's okay. I'm not really taking it as seriously as I probably should. I'm okay. attending most of my classes. I'm mostly playing basketball in the field house. So that's it's freshman that's year. How yeah. that it's freshman year. It's freshman year. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what, what even is college? So I, uh, I'm doing that. And um, so basically my work situation, because like if I'm living somewhere, even if I don't have a room, I did have to pay reduced rent. So I still had to pay rent, though. Mm -hmm. And um, so what I would do, I was working at a factory in Adrian, uh, which for people out there that don't really know the Michigan area, uh, Adrian's about 45 minutes roughly from Jackson. So I would on the weekends, I would drive back down to my hometown. I would stay the night at uh, my mom's place just for the weekend because we both worked at the same factory. Um, we would go to work together, work the same shift, third shift, you know, overnight. And then when I, once I was done on the weekend, I would come back up for the week and I would go to school. And that was like my routine. So I did that for a solid year. I did that for about a year. And uh, then I was still with a girl at the time. This whole, this whole time I'm with a girl and she does not live with me. She lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, after that year was up in Jackson, I was like, you know what? I think I might have a better living situation up in Grand Rapids. I'm going to move up there. So I got a U-Haul, packed up the four things I owned. And because at the time, my car couldn't fit all of it. Like it was all kind of yeah. big stuff. Yeah. And I was like, well, all right. So I got the smallest U-Haul that I could, stashed my stuff in there and uh, went up to Grand Rapids. And I lived in Grand Rapids for a while. I lived there for, gosh, six years, six or seven years, like a long time. And um, I was dating this girl that I was with for two and a half years. And then we ended up splitting up. I was still in Grand Rapids, though. And I was attending Grand Rapids Community College, where I actually got my associate degree from in illustration. Okay. So I ended up ended up finishing that out. And uh, that was a good experience. And I took it more seriously, obviously. And now, after is that something that, that you're actually able to utilize now, the illustration degree? So it's funny you say that. So it's uh, typically people with art degrees uh, don't really have a degree at all. And so it's, uh, 
for everybody out there with a fine arts degree. I'm sorry to say that. I hope I don't sorry, you. not sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, let me know what your salary is. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like to that point, like yeah. art degrees, I, it's, you make it or you don't, you know, I That's feel, true. I feel like the art, you know, like you could just YouTube it and go, but I mean, like there are some people, like if you take that leap, you know, that salary is going to be way higher, you know, than we would actually. You hope. Yeah. 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 You hope. And, and you sometimes hope for it happens. Sure. I don't think you needed a piece of paper to make a sale, but you know, it's uh, all I will say is that for, for any aspiring artist out there, there is a market for everything. That's oh, all I'll say. Yeah. I, can't, I can't tell you if it's big or small, but there's a market for everything and do it. I honestly, yeah. Think, and do like, it and just keep doing it. Yeah. And like the biggest thing is like, do it and actually put it out there. Don't just hold on to it. Put well, yeah, because if you hold on to it, nobody knows you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So anyway, so I, um, me and this girl split up. Uh, it was a bad breakup, but uh, it was whatever. I got over it. Um, after college, I was living in Grand Rapids with a buddy of mine. I was roommates with him at a duplex. And uh, I was working at Pizza Hut full time. I was a delivery driver. So I'm slinging pizzas. Yeah. And uh, that, was, that was a cool job. I did that for a couple of years. And uh, then I found this group of people that I ended up hanging out with and they were going to the East Town Hookah Lounge, which is in East Town, like very, it's like Southeast Grand Rapids. So uh, I'm going to the Hookah Lounge, like maybe twice a week, something like that, just hanging out with them. And I end up meeting this girl who is mutual friends with them that I'd never met before prior. And she approached me in the hookah lounge. I did not approach her. I was single, you know, I was single and not looking to mingle. And this girl came and found me like, here I am on the couch. She's sitting on the arm of the couch. She walks up and sits on the arm of the couch because couch is full. And she leans over and she says, I swear to God, this is what she said. It's been almost, it's been five years. And I still remember this. She said, she said, you're cute. I'm cute. We should be cute together. And I was like, let me put the brakes on. Hold on. I was like, you can't walk up to a man and say that. So I just told her. I mean, <laughs> it's basically, she just she knew what she wanted and she just took it. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And I see, and the thing was, I was roped in by that. It yeah. was like, oh wow, like you're bold. I like that. Yeah. And so I, but I I just I was straight up with her and I told her, I was like, look, I'm I'm a really busy guy. Like I just, I, I just finishing up school. I'm working at pizza hut full time. Like I got a lot going on. And, uh, she was like, well, I'm busy too. She was like, I'll be, she was a little bit younger than me. She was like two or three years younger. And she was like, I'll be enrolling in school really soon. And I work full time at blah, 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 insert retail mm-hmm. store here. And, uh, so we both had normal ass jobs and we were just hanging out at the hookah lounge. So I said, okay, like, if you feel like you want to try to make this work, let's, let's hang out. Let's see how this goes. So we dated for a little while and um, things ended up getting serious after we moved in with each other. Uh, mm-hmm. She moved in with me not too long after we started dating. Like it was kind of the circumstances where my roommate was moving out because he was going to move back to Ohio to work for his father's concrete paving company. He was right. going to work for his dad. Yep. So, and the thing was, he was leaving early. So like the lease is up in seven months and he's leaving in five. So I need somebody to cover that last two months because I couldn't do it. And uh, so basically I just told her, I was like, look, I know you're living with your grandparents right now. And I know that you've never been out on your own yet, but you know, you got a full-time job. Do you want to see what the adult life is like? (laughs) I can, I can help you. I can show you. 
And she said, okay. So she moved in with me. I can show uh, you co- what the adult life is like, huh? That's a, that's yeah, a, man, that's I, a cocky thing to say. I mean, you're 21 at this time, well, right? Tw- uh, let's see. 21. Right? The five years ago, you're 26. That's yep. the math. Yeah. So, all right. So you're 20 yeah. to 22. You're 21 years yeah. old. And... So I've already been living on my own for three years. Okay. Yeah. I've been paying bills and never been behind. So I thought I had all my stuff together. And I was right. like, yeah, I'll show you how it goes. I know how to pay utilities. I know how to pay for the Wi-Fi. I know how to call people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I had, I'll say that I had the basics down. Yeah. I'll say that I had the basics down. Yeah. And so I felt, I felt confident, you know, this girl never lived out on her own before. Here I am a couple of years in and I felt pretty confident. So I said, come with me. I will show you the way. <laughs> and so we, <laughs> so we got together and she was, I will admit she was responsible. She was responsible at first. She was responsible. And over time, it got a little shaky here and there. But overall, it was never anything to like question being with her. Mm-hmm. But there were times where like she shouldn't have spent money that she spent, which I mean, who doesn't do that? Right. So, and, uh, so I know yeah. I feel like you're kind of jumping ahead a little bit here because I sure. believe we had spoken sometime during that period. Um, you were, probably did. It, it seemed like like every six months you had like a new venture you were going to do. I remember there was like a, uh, what was it? I actually bought one from you. It was like this little big, like one of these, you know, That's but it was right. like a, a painting or something like that. And you had a website for it. And it, it seems like you've constantly had these ventures. Like you, That's right. you, even now you're in real estate. Yeah. You know, that's I not am. normal nine to five. You <laughs> no, know? it is not. So uh, what is, are these little ventures to kind of make up for any issues or is this your opportunity trying to, you know, find something that hits the, the algorithm, we'll call it, you know, that the positive river that it kind of takes off, you know, um, is that your, yeah, go ahead. So it's, it's mostly the second one, but you said about hitting that positive algorithm and yeah. seeing feeling the flow go forward, yep. but it's, it's not, it's not so much about an algorithm, uh, in money in a sense, it's more about a happiness algorithm, yeah. like an yeah, intrinsic exactly. algorithm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm now I am working literally a nine to five job right now with real estate on top. So I, uh, I, and it's funny, you mentioned the art thing earlier. I, uh, I work at a, gra- a graphic artist place. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing that nine to five. I work at a screen printing shop and uh, we do all kinds of apparel and uh, trophies and plaques and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's really sure. cool. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. So I'm, I'm in my passion a little bit with that yeah. and I'm really happy there. And aside from that though, yeah, man, like real estate, I just got into it. So like, I got to get my feet wet and um, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a busy guy. I'm doing a lot, but that venture that you were talking about earlier, one of those paintings you bought off me, um, that was the tiny painting company. Yes, <laughs> that's what, yeah. Yep. And dude, what I did. So here I am like this aspiring entrepreneur and what I, I went to the bit like the business office building in downtown Grand Rapids and I bought a business license, like a red card with all my information on it and mm-hmm. a picture of my face. And it was like $300 for the application and the, um, the legal opportunity to set up a stand on the sidewalk and try to sell to people. And I did that for a couple months. I sold one painting. <laughs> I sold one painting. Did you at least and make up that three hundred dollar investment? No, no, oh, I didn't. No, I was I was in the hole, man. 
<laughs> that's that's okay. It's all right. It's okay to be in the red on your first go. It's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 If, if you can't invest <laughs> in yourself, you shouldn't yeah. be investing in anything. It's, You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And I just, I wanted that opportunity to not only put my stuff out there, like online where it's like, it's so easy to put your stuff out online nowadays. You know, you snap a picture of it, you write a description and you post it. And yep. it's that simple. And it's like, I want to, I want to do this the old fashioned way and see if I can make it work. And the truth is, not only was I not educated enough, not only did I not take the time to educate myself enough on how to effectively do that so people are attracted to my paintings, but secondly, I, I didn't have the resources. You know, I'm over here, I'm over here buying on sale canvases from Michaels and, you know, then putting my markup after I paint on them and then hoping that somebody will buy it for whatever the marked up price was. And the truth is there just, there wasn't a demand. There was no yeah. demand. Yeah. I think there was one person that bought a painting from me because they felt sorry for me. And <laughs> that's, that's okay. You know, whatever the reason was, I made money. <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah. But uh, that was my first business venture, if you want to call it that. But I went through the, I went through the proper channels to legally sell things on the street and I, I gave it a shot. And um, so while I'm doing this, uh, I was also working my full-time job and um, her name. So my ex that I was with and did eventually marry, her name is Mackenzie. And uh, I, won't, I won't say her last name just for, you know, podcast purposes, but right. her name was Mackenzie and uh, Mackenzie was working her full-time job as well. We were living in this, uh, we had moved from the place that where the lease was going to be up in two months. We had moved from there into a small apartment together. So we're in like this two bed, one bath. It's like 600 square feet. And it's me, her, and a dog named Penny. And Penny was, um, what was she? I forget what breed she was. Imagine like a golden retriever, but with darker hair. Right. She was, she was gorgeous, gorgeous dog. And, uh, but she hated other dogs. So we had to keep her kind of hibernated. <laughs> like she would go after any other dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, okay, we're going to take you out to go to the bathroom and bring you right back in. <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah. So that was, that wasn't a good situation with that. But um, yeah, we lived in the apartment for a little while. We got by. And then uh, she actually ended up finding a mobile home. She ended up finding a mobile home. And she was like, you know, this is so much bigger. This is I like double the square footage. Trailer. Sure. Yeah. So uh, we lived in a trailer and um, she found it. It's it it, true. It's, yeah. it's on wheels. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty, I've lived in one. So like, yeah, it, yeah they're trailers. Yeah. And just so you know, in Michigan, they're not even considered, uh, they're not even considered real property. They're considered personal property. So they're literally like a car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. So uh, she found it and it was out in this place called Wayland, Mich Michigan, which is about 20 minutes south of Grand Rapids. It's in it's like a very mm -hmm. small country country town uh, right off. It was right off the highway like the park was. So she found it. I did a walkthrough with her. I agreed to live in it with her and we lived there for the foreseeable future, you know, until we split. But um so we got, we, we got married in, when did we get married? We got married in 2018. So we got married a few years ago and I believe it was July 1st, July so 1st. Walk me through, sorry, how long have you been together at this point? Like up until like your engagement from like the uh, time about, you got together until the time yeah. that you got engaged? About three years. Okay. Yeah. So we were together for a couple of years and then, um, yeah, then I, uh, I proposed and I'll just, I'll get you some insider baseball here so like i i 
I didn't really know if I wanted to propose yet or not. I, um, I wanted to probably take some more time. I felt like three years might not be enough, but I, I felt a little bit of pressure from her family, uh, as well as a little bit from mine too. Right. You know, it's, it was on both sides. And when you feel that pressure squeezing on you, it kind of makes you want to make a decision. So I, um, you know, I saved up and I got a ring. Um, I proposed to her in the first spot that we ever kissed. So I went back to that spot, did it there. And of course she said yes, cause she's been waiting on this. You know, right. she's just been waiting. She's just been waiting on it. And so it happened. She said, yeah, the wedding happened. Everything went fine. And um, then she got, she got really gung ho about having kids. And the thing about it was like, aside from the responsibility of her paying her half of the bills and whatever her own individual bills were, she wasn't really like, she didn't have that thing inside her where it's like you look at a woman and you go, oh, wow, you could be a mother. She didn't have that going on for her, at least not yet. And so whenever she would talk about kids and stuff, I would always kind of go along with it a little bit, but never so much so that it was like, I'm going to commit to having kids with you in this time frame. Like I never committed to a time frame. And I think because of that, she was kind of off put by that because I was kind of wishy-washy about it. So she's gung-ho about the kids. I'm not really, because I don't really know if she's fit to be a mother yet. And uh, that's honestly, co- that's all right. So sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, I feel like as a man, I don't know if we're allowed to say that, which is like, know, a, like a weird perspective to come from. Um, yeah. But I understand what you're saying, but I yeah. didn't until I saw it, you know, until yeah, you have I, to see it I, until I saw that look of like, Oh, I understand like they they're that's what they want. They're good at this, you know, and like in, in my younger years, you know, I, I, I feel like every guy does that, you know, like you go through the sure. scenario of like, Oh, like we're going to have this and do this. And what should we call it? You know, like that whole, the role-playing thing. Right. And uh, sometimes it's only the role-playing in the back of your head. You're like, this isn't going to happen. Like, no, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, Oh no, EOS webcam utility. Why? There we go. Why EOS? Why Canon? Why EOS? Canon? <laughs> Why Canon? Why? I'm calling. Know? I'm calling Canon tomorrow. yeah. So you're you're exactly right. Yeah. So it's you. You have you don't even really know what that means for someone to be fit to be a mother until you see it with your own eyes, because she the way that she would handle social social situations is like she had different personalities around different people. And I just, I don't jive with that. I'm not with that. Like I am me around everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, like with her, with her, it's different. And I, in, in parts of it, I blame her. And in other parts, I don't blame her for why she would switch in different scenarios with different people. Like the way she would talk would change. The way she would act would change. Like the what her answers to certain questions, she would change it depending on who the person was. And uh, even though the question didn't change, and um, like when you're, because she was mixed, she was half black, half white. Her father was black and uh, he was out of the picture, typical. And uh, her mother was white. And I mean, I'm just saying, bro. <laughs> anyway, so, hey, I married her. So I can say this now. <laughs> anyway, so, so, yeah, so it was, it was a difficult situation because, you know, growing up for her, she's trying to mesh with two different groups. She's trying to mesh with white friends and she's trying to mesh with black friends 
and it's like it's a different dynamic it, it just is yeah that's and, a, uh, that's like a it's a weird perspective that like again yeah like, you're a white man you know like it's i a, am it's a weird perspective to come from but i completely feel like i can understand as best as i can you know from right. the outside yeah, what that's like yeah right because there's a like with you and i us being what we look like and how the world treats us we have a limited capacity on what we understand for other people we just do yeah. <laughs> you know and it, yeah and it's because we're treated differently and we can't help that <laughs> you know it's uh it's unfair but life is unfair so <laughs> anyway i just love your wrong. i just love your facial expressions no, yeah it's it's weird because it's completely yeah. different vibes like yeah so like just a quick little break to talk about something that so you actually were one of the first people that painting company right that you started sure. i bought yeah. that painting because i wanted i wanted to like hold it you know to touch something that somebody else made that i knew because I was so deep into like a depressive like state of like alcoholism um, okay. that I needed to know that somebody that I knew could actually do something bigger. And so for me, it was, it was a small painting. I don't remember what it cost, like 20, 25 bucks or, you know, like something, yeah, whatever. Something and, like that. <laughs> yeah. And like it showed up and I was like, shit, he's actually doing it. And so in my head, <laughs> you were selling a lot of them. You know, but then, but then you started a podcast and everything kind of started going. And now everybody and their mother has a podcast, but like you get something out of it. So I, I want to thank you for that, because without you, I wouldn't be doing this. And a lot of other opportunities that have came up because of like me actually putting myself out there and trying to be vulnerable, because I do yeah. know you to the point to where you are literally yourself all the time. And it's it almost pisses me off because you're extremely positive in every scenario, you know, and like you actually give your attention to somebody. So to yeah. hear you even slightly speak negatively towards somebody is is weird. So like I'm not used to seeing like there's it to me it sounds like there's still some pain there, obviously, because um, <laughs> I don't hear you talking like this about anything. You know, I, I wish that it, um, like, I'll just, I'll just tell you the truth. It's not so much pain. It's more, it's more disappointment. It's, it's disappointment in what we had and how it ended. It's disappointment in how she handled everything. It's disappointment in how I handled some of it. Like it's, it's a two-way street, man. Like, like uh, expectations. Is that what you're talking about? Sure. Yeah. Expectations were huge because it's like this whole time she's, continuing to prove herself in different areas and then in some areas she's lacking but it's like people are people we are flawed right. and it just kind of sounds like you're you're almost like bashing her like you had everything figured out you can walk her through life and now she starts to drop the ball a little bit or yeah. you know like gets a little sloppy in areas and and you're you're mr perfect is that the actual truth of like are you handling everything kind of or do you have a lot more responsibility in this because I know, like, so, especially as, like you were saying, to counter your, your white male perspective, uh, we also do believe that a lot more should be given to us. Uh, we kind of have, ooh, we kind of have some expectations that if we order something, it doesn't matter if you don't have it. We ordered it. We want it. It's, it's mm. that thing. Um, that stuff people do not talk about. 
that kind of seems like it's coming out a little bit. Is that is there anything in there or no? I I feel like, and that's funny because I've mentioned this to Elise, the woman I'm with now, mm-hmm. which she's amazing, by the way, and I do plan on marrying her. And uh, so the, the uh, yeah, man, give love another shot. That's all I'll say. Yeah, and, yeah the um, I told her, look, I'm a really good person. I'm a good person, and I know that I'm a good person because I'm good to other people. And you are, and you genuinely are, yes. Even in the scenarios where I shouldn't be, even in the scenarios where I should be mad at them, I should be upset at them, I should be disappointed by them. But it's like you, the more that you sit in that, the more that you sit in the disappointment, the more that you rue about the other people is all, time, time isn't different for anybody. Time is the same for everybody. It's just, it is what it is. It's time. And you can either utilize it or you can waste it. I feel like you're in it right now. So let's really get into it. You're feeling yeah, it. Sure. What happened? So from my, what I've <laughs> heard, uh, what we've yeah. kind of talked about, you're living together. You're in this mobile yeah. home trailer. Yep. Now so we're in this another woman and you're not married to this one. That's right. Let's walk through it. But sure. be specific. Like use okay. the pain, use the pain use the pain use okay the pain, man. so it's i that's the thing man is like i never hold on to it so it's hard to utilize it and write it when you didn't you don't have it anymore but i uh i i bring this up because i like i like looking back on things and analyzing things so it's um yeah. it's uh yeah so with like with Mackenzie, it was like have just enough responsibility going on to where nobody's really questioning you but also have enough irresponsible things going on to where the one person who's the closest to you has questions so how so, about instead of yeah. talking about like generalities let's okay. talk about actual what are we what responsibilities like what's lacking because i know what we've talked about in our personal life i'm not going to force you to bring it up um sure but I, but I know towards the end of the relationship there was a employment situation that you weren't too happy with um and then (laughs) yeah there was yeah so she um so she I'm a very open person and she did the right thing and she came to me first before she made a decision to go out and choose the job she chose and uh she chose to dance like be an exotic dancer and um she came to me first and sure (laughs) and uh you know call it what you want and um she came to me first and she asked me how I felt about it. And basically like, I know how that nightlife works. So I've, I told her basically, if you do it, you can't do it full time. That's the only rule. That's the only rule. If you do it, you got to do it part time. Because if you do it full time, you will never be home. You won't be home. And if you are home, you'll be tired. You'll be tired. You won't want to interact. Our relationship will go to shit and you'll be making money. And that's you about it. Actually open to her, to her doing it. Yeah, because yeah. I know look, I know look, a lot of guys I'm, and me per like I couldn't do it. I've no. I've been in that world, you know. I have been deep into that, and it's I I'm a jealous person, you know. I'll just say it like sure. I can be a jealous person. Um, so yeah. that's yeah, that takes a lot to be able to actually say that you're okay doing that. It you know it's uh, I'm not going to say it was a super easy choice. I I I thought about it for a couple days, and mm-hmm. I thought about it hard for a couple days. And then I got back to her and I told her my results. And um, so she agreed and she said, okay, you know, there's an opening at this place and this place. So I'm going to interview there and there. 
And I said, okay, great. Like nail the interview, get the job, work there part-time. We're good. This is fine. And uh, because I just, I didn't want to sacrifice that time in our relationship because that's valuable. You know, that's, that's where the breakdown happens is where you're not spending enough time with your significant other. And if you are, you're tired and you can't interact, you can't do anything. So it's like, it's like, you're not even there anyway. And so our arrangement started off perfectly. It started off fine. She was working. She found a place. She nailed the interview. She got the job and she was working there part-time and everything was cool. Like bills were paid. She was home enough. We were doing things. It was good. And then I feel like, so with, with this girl, with Mackenzie, she's very open in the head in terms of things influencing her and getting tossed into her head. And it's like, you know how people will throw opinions and thoughts your way and you, like you have the common sense to like take it or leave it. Yeah. With her, she's take, 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 take. There is no leave it. <laughs> so she's basically, and plus she was like addicted to her phone. She was on her phone a lot. And uh, that was kind of off-putting as well because I tried to keep my phone out of it for a while, like while she was home. And uh, just because I wanted to spend time with her, but she would be on her phone so much that she would start to, pick up on things from social media that other girls were doing so like she would start following famous exotic dancers on like instagram you know instagram's huge for girls and so she's taking all this influence from other people and basically she's taking parts of them and like mish almost frankensteining herself into a different person i mean it i mean it no like, I, it's funny because I, I get it yeah and like it's like she story. wasn't even her anymore yeah yeah, yeah I, she went and after a while, she wasn't even her anymore because she was taking bits and pieces of other people and making them her new self. And it's like, look, you, you can't like, you can't get through life like this. You might be able to do it for a fake your way through it for a little while, but you're not going to go your whole life like this because you're not even really a person anymore. You are, you are a, a mishmash of all the things that you like and the people you like and what they do and what they do. And it's like, you like what, I would ask her, I would ask her, I'd be like, what do you like to do? Like, and she would always give me these super general vague answers. And it's like, are you, do you have a personality? Like, do you like to do things because you like to do them? Or do you like to do things because you saw this famous person do it? And you're like, well, I'm going to do that. It's like, what's your reasoning for why you like doing what you're doing? Right. And yeah. And it's like, if it's, <laughs> I don't know. And it's like, some people may say you don't have to justify your reasons for why you like doing what you're doing. You could just go do it because you like it. doesn't matter why. And that was her feeling on it. And it's like, you know, if that's your feeling on it, I can't, I can't say that you're wrong, but I know how I'm wired as a person. And I'm just, I'm too genuine. I'm too genuine, man. It's like, I need to, I need to like the things that I like in a genuine way. You know, it can't just be, I can't, I can't like skateboarding just because I saw, Rob Deerdeck do it. And now I'm just going to start doing it. But it's like, I understand that other people, they're wired in the normal way. I understand that I'm not wired the normal way like that. Like a lot of people are wired to where they see Rodney Mullen skateboard. And so they begin skateboarding and because that was their inspiration. And it's like, I don't know. I just like, I get inspiration from some stuff, but it's never, it's never motivated me to copy exactly what they're doing. Like I've always tried to put a twist on it to try to make it my own. So that way I could feel more genuine about it because I've, I don't know, maybe I've just had this complex about wanting to be so unique that it's ingrained in me now. I mean, so that might, that might be a thing. 
Yeah, no, it's definitely a thing. It, it's 100 yeah. percent a thing. It's it's funny that like the you bring up kind of her taking in things, you know, and it's all take, 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 yeah. take. It's all um, take, take, take. I I know it comes after the job part of the story, so I want to get to that in a minute. But yeah. I definitely identify with kind of that take, take, take. Um I've been in that position before, you know, and it's it's one of those positions where somebody asks, like, what do you like? And you you like the things that you were drawn to, but then you start to more like that somebody else is doing them or the idea of what it would be like to have what that person has without putting the work in. That's Bingo. the big thing. And so, <laughs> and I did it 100%. Like, yeah. Um, it would, yeah, it would be like, oh, that looks cool. I want to do that. And then all my focus would kind of like shift, you know, from like the, the skateboarding thing, like you would say, you know, it'd go from like skateboarding to like, uh, like surfing, you know, it, it would be like the shift. Um, and then it never really felt like me. The issue with that is like, sometimes you just don't know who you are, you know, until you go through life and you guys are 23, you know, at this point, I know when I was 23, I never knew where I was sleeping that night. You know, I was, it was college and parties and traveling and going all over the place. And here you are trying to start a small painting company, getting married, you know, with like these huge aspirations and it, it's kind of falling apart. So, like, looking back on it, would you do it again? Because, like, would I do it again. Yeah. Like, oh, man. And, like, and so now you're 26. You hear a 21 year old be like, no, she's the one. And then you see, like, you know, you're like, oh, okay. Do you have any advice? Of course, I have advice. That's I mean, the yeah, whole everybody's of, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you're better. That's the at running whole point other of getting lives. older. <laughs> yeah. The whole point of getting older is to learn from your mistakes and then warn other people. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, that's the whole point of it, man. It's the whole point of living is to experience and make mistakes and then tell other people, "Don't make those mistakes." So you're saying, you know, "Don't get married at twenty one." I wouldn't say that. Okay. Because I, there were, there were, mis there were mistakes that I made that I thought weren't mistakes at the time. And these people that are, you know, 20, 21, they're going to think the exact same way. They're going to, mm -hmm. later on, they're going to go, that was a mistake. But at the moment they're going to think, well, this isn't a mistake because validation, whatever. And uh, they'll, 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 they'll switch it in their mind to where it's okay. It's validated. And then they'll run with it. And uh, it's because their brain isn't fully formed yet until 25. So, <laughs> so, so for the guy who's like, I know that she's the one, you know, I'm 21 years old. I get it. I'm really young. A lot of people are judging me for saying this, that I want to get married to her. She's the girl for me. I would just tell him there's absolutely no rush. I would say take, as soon as you think you've taken enough time, to figure out who she is and what you want as a person and what you need to. It's more about what you need than what you want. And I feel like a lot of dudes that are, you know, 2021 20, who are even thinking about marriage are thinking about what they want and not what they need. And uh, honestly, I did the same thing. I was thinking about what I wanted. Like you, like you've seen pictures of her, like, you know what she looks like, mm -hmm. like you at the time, that's what I wanted. I was like, oh man, this is like the dream. This is awesome. And I, I married what I thought I wanted at the time. That's what I married. I didn't marry what I, I didn't marry what I needed. And that was my big mistake. So don't think so much about what it is you want. 
out of that person that you want to spend your life with. Think about what you need as your own person, like yeah, from well, someone else. I think even just having this conversation, like the point, like getting older. Yeah. I think you have to make those mistakes. I don't think it's your job to turn around and tell the next person what not to do. Because okay. if I tell you all the mistakes that I did and don't do them, you'll never learn that lesson. You'll just think that it didn't work for him, you know, and maybe you'll figure okay. out a better way. I, sure. I really think that it's, yeah, I don't, I don't think you turn around and tell them not to do it. I think you're there for them when they fall, you know, cause you understand. And I think it's that getting older that you can look back and you can understand why they made those mistakes. And yeah. then you've come out on the other end to be able to mm -hmm. learn and you still get something positive from it. It just takes time. But I don't sure. think you turn around and tell them not to do it because you're taking away something from them. You're, you're taking a life lesson away. Um, so remember, though, remember, I'm, I'm not telling this young gentleman to not go through with it. Right. The only thing that I'm doing is I made, the, I, made the I made the mistake that you might make doing this. And when I came out the other side, my line of thinking changed on it in a good way. Mm -hmm. And all I'm doing is showing you what my line of thinking is now and asking you to accept it as an option. Okay. That's all. That's so, it. So if you don't mind, I know the story. Can we just get into it? Are you okay with me? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, go ahead, man. So from my perspective, right? <laughs> yeah. You are, let's just say you're 23, 24, and okay. you are married, you got a hot wife, you know, you got your own place. Um, you can do whatever you want. You figured out life. You know, you're showing this young little stripper how to do things. And uh, clearly, you know, what's best for everybody. So you're like, you know what? Yeah, it's probably best for us that you go get this stripper phase out of your life. You know, because I think it'd be cool to date a stripper. So what happened? What happened? That's once not you, true at all. Once, what happened wow. once you started or once, wow. once your wife became a stripper rob really flipping the narrative here okay wow <laughs> I, I think it'd be cool to have a stripper wife no I no never... no right. yeah to be clear i <laughs> yeah. that's not what happened no. you you have told me I was, I was poking fun but yeah i mean yeah. you did agree you know whether or i agree because i respect cool, the hustle i respect right. the hustle i i get that yeah and so you agree and now things start to change yeah. What so, changes and what do you do? Like, how do you find out, first of all? So it would mostly be, it would be this personality change when she would come home, like at, uh, at like weird hours and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, she would be so disconnected from me. And when I would try to inquire and kind of pry information, she'd be really reluctant to tell me. And uh, I think it was because she didn't, maybe she didn't want to hurt my feelings or something. I'm not sure what it was. So what she still never explained like so it's it's what are you prying like, for what, yeah what information are you looking I'm for prying for just information as to why she's acting differently because uh -huh. obviously there's been some kind of change that i don't know about but i should know about you know i'm your husband and so i end up finding out uh from other people that like she's been talking to new people like coworkers, like new coworkers, and she's been getting in a new friend group and that new friend group is absolutely horrible for her like these people are telling her that like i'm a bad person she shouldn't be with me and uh yeah she's like like telling her that she should only work part-time there is a bad thing and a negative thing and that i'm bad for doing that mm -hmm. and and she 
her her mind, dude. She just take 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 take. So at this no point, leaving. has the nightlife of that profession came home? And by yeah, and by yeah, that, I mean like the the drugs, you know, the partying, you know, the the staying up all night. You know, there's specific drugs that go into that world. You know, there. I don't think that she dabbled in any of the drugs. I don't think okay. that she did. If she, if she did, she didn't tell me. Um, and I didn't really suspect anything like that either. Um, she basically like the staying out later than she probably should. And the partying aspect that got in the way a little bit. So yeah, that aspect of it did play a factor, mm -hmm. but there weren't really any drugs involved there. It was mostly just like, uh, it was a, a bit of a personality change, a friend group change and a timing change in terms of when she would come home and how she would act when she came home. And that was a big red flag for me because it's like, this is what I was afraid of. And the thing was, she wasn't, she wasn't respecting how I felt like as a man. And um, she ended up going from part-time to full-time, even though I told her like, you're breaching our arrangement. Like, I'm not happy with this. So, but she didn't care. She didn't care. Like her mind was already made up. She was with her new friend circle. That new friend circle was better than me. And she was going to spend more time with them and make more money. So that's what she did. And that was essentially the unravel, the big unraveling of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And what a couple months later ended up leading to her leaving for her mom's place and debating on whether she wanted to stay married to me for, you know, the foreseeable future. And I stayed alone with my dog at the time at the, at the trailer. And she stayed at her mom's and she said she would take like a week, I think she said, and then she would come back home with a decision. And so I'm just, you know, sitting with the dog devastated and a week goes by and she says she's going to stay at her mom's for another week. And she said she hadn't come to a decision yet. And as soon as she said, I'm going to stay at my mom's for another week, I haven't come to a decision. I kind of knew it was over. Yeah. yeah. So then finally, when she did show her face again, it was to, you know, sit down and hash it out with me. And we both cried a lot. And she grabbed a little bit of her things, like just what she needed for the next couple of days and went back to her mom's. And then from there, the next time that I would see her was when she would come to get things. Wow. So she moved, she moved in with her mom after that. Yeah. And I, I stayed at the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been through some, some pretty shitty breakups, um, but yeah. I've never been through a divorce, you know, and I've never been through How old are you at this time? Like kind of like when you're breaking up and you know this whole this whole period. Uh, I was like twenty. I was like twenty four. This was in like, this was the end of twenty eighteen. Come or no, sorry, the end of twenty nineteen coming into twenty twenty. So like yeah. this was like De December January 2019, 2020. Yeah. So I know like yeah. I can only speak for myself. I I'm trying to find. There's a thing about doing podcasts and YouTube videos is that you yeah. have to watch and listen to yourself. Um, when mm -hmm. you're editing so you can find little things that you don't like about your personality um, and for me it's been a great thing because now I can focus on attempting to fix them um, which it takes time it, it, it really it really does take time yeah. <clears throat> but as soon as you you try and you fall back like if you're trying to work on anger and then like you know you snap a little bit you feel really bad about it so like yeah. it's, it's kind of motivation to become, you know, better aspect of your life. So I've, I've loved this for that, but with that, I've learned some humbleness and humility and honesty. Um, I've 
messed up some relationships. They were 100% my fault. And with that comes this feeling of you didn't do enough. Um, you know, you could have done more. You know, yep. uh, those are obviously sure. opposites. Um, you know, but like this failure kind of comes over of like, you know, as the man, at least from my perspective, I've always gone into is I'm supposed to be the provider. I'm supposed to be the one to, you know, take care of situations and hold things together. And this person left, didn't abide by anything. And I failed. It's a weird feeling. Did you get that at all? Because I know that that's happened quite a bit with a lot of friends that I've known. And you're 24 getting, you know, going through a divorce, you know, like, yeah. and not only going through a divorce, but you've consistently tried. That's one thing that I got to give you credit for is you've never stopped trying to do something, you know, to getting that positive algorithm because like, fuck the money that will come, you know, it's doing what you like for as long as you live, the money will come and you've always tried. So how do you come back from this knowing you continue to try, you're trying to do your own thing professionally and you know, you're, you're, all right, I'll just say it. You're married to a stripper who left you in a trailer alone with a dog because in her eyes, you weren't good enough as a man. How do you take that? And I mean, like that, those are obviously <laughs> my words. I'm not trying to be offensive, sure. but like one could take it that way. Yeah. I, I took it that way. Yeah, I absolutely took it. Okay. That way. Yeah. Yeah. I, so like, how do you take yeah. it any other way? Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's the most, that's the most, uh, obvious way of thinking about it. Yeah, of course. I felt like, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't enough. I did something wrong. I could have done more. And, you know, obviously I've got a good support circle around me. I'm lucky in that aspect. And my support circle is just telling me like, you know, you, you tried your best. You are enough. You're a great person. You know, she doesn't deserve you. Everybody's saying stuff like that. And some of it got in, I took some of it in, but also there's, there's always going to be that chunk of me that was like, you could have done more. That'll always exist. That will always exist. Mm-hmm. But uh, she, you know, it's it's one of those things where I can't I can't tell you if she made a bad decision or not because I don't know what her future is going to be like. And uh, it's one of those things where you can't focus on the opposite party anymore, and you really do have to become kind of selfish because you when you're in repair mode, you have to you have to focus on yourself. And uh, some people might think that that's kind of selfish because it's like, well, why don't you try to repair your relationship? It's like, look, the other person has already made their decision. The other person has said, I'm out. And if you're in denial about that, that's your problem and you need to get out of it. And uh, because the longer that you stay in denial about your partner saying, hey, I'm out and it's official, I'm not going to come back, the longer you're wasting your time. And uh, I, I know that there are a lot of people where it's like, well, it's not that easy, Brandon. Like, once you get in that mindset, you can get stuck in it and it takes a long time to get out of it. And for those people, you're not wrong, but I'm just, I'm different. I'm built different. And, uh, it's, it's one of those things, man, where it's like, you just can't keep me down. You can't, you can't, she can't, people can't. It's because I understand like, no matter how much, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much power you have, no matter how much influence you have, you're still just a person. And every single person is flawed. And that just, that just helps me sleep at night. (laughs) You know, it's, it's this reassurance knowing that the same influence that I have could be just as powerful 
as somebody else who already has more power than me. I could have that same amount of influence, even though I'm on this level and they're on this level. I could do it. And as long as you keep that in your head, you know, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Like you can keep trying and failing and getting up again. You can keep doing it over and over and over and you won't get tired. Does any of this stem from Adrian? So yeah, it has. Can I I tell you? Yeah. And the reason why I bring this up is because I feel like I, I found, I didn't have that for a while. I I had to find it. Um, Come on, Cannon. Come on, um, <laughs> this is this is why this is why I shoot with Nikon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I had to find it. Um, and yeah. now, like, it's not a question of what's going to happen. Like, I know what's going to happen. It's going to be amazing. Isn't that great? We're like you. You're almost like a fortune teller in a way mm-hmm. because everything's so lined up. It's like, huh? So what? Because you have my brother has it, and you grew up yeah. with him. You know, you guys are very mm-hmm. similar in that aspect. And I know yeah. every part of his like upbringing, you know, like almost, you know, when I was around like very young, it was, you know, his story. Right. Um, yeah. How do you get that? That's not a, like you say you're built different, you know, like it's, it's a very cliche thing to say, like no offense. Um, I, but it's true, you know, and, and people can be built different, but you yeah. can also build yourself to be different. You know, it's sure. not that you came this way. It's like, from my perspective, I feel like you kind of start to learn what fits, what armor you can put on, what armor you don't need to put on and who you can take it off for. And you kind of grow as this person. Um, and so you got to tell me how, because you're 24 getting divorced in a trailer and you're still pushing, you know, not a lot of people do, you know. You're right. Yeah, man. And it's because it's, it's, it's almost like this complacency thing. And it's like an unknowing complacency thing. That's, it's toxic. It's completely toxic. And what it is, it's like, if you don't know about it, then you don't feel like doing anything about it because it is unknown. So like people don't really feel it until it's too late, but life pushes back. Like you talk about me pushing life pushes back. And if you don't push life will just keep pushing. It doesn't Mm -hmm. stop. It does not stop. And the thing is, yeah, it's, it's literally a game and you can either, you can either, you can sit in the middle of a level and never finish it and be fine with that and be good with that. Or Mm -hmm. you can play the game and try to have some fun. I play the game and I try to have some fun. Yeah. It is weird once you find out that it's an actual game. It really is a game. Mm -hmm. It's a game. And when, but when life is pushing you back, see a lot of people, they're, they're okay with, they're okay with getting pushed out of the frame. They're okay with that because it's so gradual and it's happening so slowly that they don't really care until it's too late. And it, and it's like, it's just, it's like if somebody was throwing a pebble at you, they throw a pebble at you one time and you go, oh, that was annoying. But the hundredth time that they throw a pebble at you, you're going to want to murder them. (laughs) Maybe even sooner. It's just these little gradual things until yeah. finally you're at a breaking point. And it's either because you're broken on the inside or it's because life broke you on the outside. So it's one of the two. you and Adrian to force you into playing the game? Because Adrian, from my perspective, it's weird you say the game because I've literally, that's like my thing. Um, yeah. 
Adrian, I feel like as a city as a whole, is kind of stuck in a mid level. Um, and there are I a agree lot with you. I I uh, there's I actually know a couple of people that are trying to change it, but as a city as a whole, it does feel like it's stuck in in this level, and it's not up to me to whether it's a good level or a bad level. Um, it's and I don't have a good experience from there, so I try not to speak too much on it publicly, but privately, fuck that city and let it burn. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just be honest. I, I don't like it at all. Um, but what happened? Because you know, do you, you know what Adrian is, man? I can tell you exactly what Adrian is because I knew what Adrian was as soon as I left for Jackson. As soon as I left for Jackson, and then I started going back to Adrian just on the weekends, that was when I really caught it. Like I had a semblance of what I thought it was, but I really caught it once I went cloud. to Jackson. And I don't even know what it is, man, but it's not good. Yeah. But <laughs> like the Adrian is a Adrian is a town of fine people with ideas and no actions. That's all it is. It's a, it's a town of people that are, they're fine. They're fine mid-level people that are just trying to live their life. They have a lot of ideas and there's no action. There's zero action. And it's like, when, so whenever I would hear like from like loose friends that would end up hanging out with me once in a while, like when I was in town, they'd be like, oh man, I'm going to open this up or we're going to start this. Me and my buddies are going to get this going. I would always go, that's awesome, dude. Like any way I can help, let me know. And then six months down the road, not shit happens. And it's because that town is a town of ideas and no actions. And it's almost like, it's almost like it's a, like you say, it's like a gray cloud that just sits over that city. It sits over it. And I know that sounds like weird and kind of off-putting, but you don't know until you actually go there and spend time there. It's just, it's a town where everybody goes to work and then they go home and then eventually they die. Yeah, it is and, very weird. It's nine to five and then everything stops. Yeah, you know, and you no either, you either work you either work retail or you work in a factory. Like those are the two things. Mm. Those are what you do. Yeah. yeah. And it's because that's almost all there is to offer. It's a, yeah. it's a small town. There's like 25,000 people or something there. That's it. It's not that big of a town. So you live in this town and now you don't live in this town. You're this big time real estate agent or about to be. How do you, I mean, you know, I mean like all sarcasm and like professionalism aside, you know, like yeah. I'm not the greatest at professionalism. I know what Adrian is. I lived there, you know, like yeah, way too long. Um, there are people that are trying to do good, you know, like I've, I've there met are, some yeah. There's some people that are going back, but there is that gray cloud, and you can only shoot so many bullets into the sky and hope that the sun breaks through that cloud. You know, you it's it's a hard thing. Um, yeah, but not everybody gets it. Not you, you, you know, not everybody gets it. So what broke? Because Adrian to me is a glass bottle, right? And you can, when you drop it, and I stole this from a movie, so don't try to act like I'm like this creative genius, but like it, it breaks and you can either say it's broken or you can use it as a weapon. Sure. And I kind of feel like Adrian broke and it, it okay, and it didn't become this weapon. Um, you individually, was there a breaking point to become this weapon? of like and i don't mean that in like this negative ferocity i mean it more in like a positivity of like you need to get out and you're not going to stop until you're happy because that's the thing with you is it's never been about money it's always been about positivity and 
unity really like i feel like you're the type of person that you like a positive community and you want that community to be bigger and you want everything to be very positive and uplifting you came from a shithole called adrian that has a gray cloud in it so there's a breaking point yeah there is in, in the divorce you handled it from what you're saying sounds a little arrogant the way you like put it now but like i get it i'm a man like don't ask me how i explain things because i'm way worse um we you know i am but what happened i feel like the breaking point for me is really similar to a lot of other people's breaking points like how it happens and that switch in your mindset that just goes like oh it like lights a fire under your ass and you're like oh i gotta get out of here like and if i do get out of here i gotta make something of myself or else Mm -hmm. i didn't do it right i gotta do life right and it's, it's literally, it's watching the generation in front of you. That's what it was for me. It was, it was watching, it was watching the other people that were already ahead of me in age anyway, not in like, you know, life achievements, watching them make the little mistakes that they've made. And because of that, I got to be the Nostradamus. I got to be the fortune teller because I got to take that and I could either go, well, that was dumb. I'm not going to do that. Or I could go, oh, these are the people older, the, the older people than me are doing this. I will do that. So I could have either jumped on the bandwagon or I could have fucking started my own, my own train. I could have started my own freight line company. And uh, so I, I went with the second option. And it's just because I kept seeing over and over and over again with different people that were older than me that hopping on the bandwagon doesn't really work. It doesn't. It's, well, it's a that, you kept seeing losers like me come back to Adrian and not be able to like stay away. And you know, I never once thought that you were a loser. Oh, I, did. I never thought that you were a loser. I know you did. <laughs> of course. So self-reflection is the harshest. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I never, I never once thought that you were a loser. I did think that you were an asshole. Oh, I yeah. thought that, I thought that you were mean and I thought that you treated your brothers poorly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, um, I was thankful that my brother treated me nicer. <laughs> and I, um, whenever, whenever you, I will admit though, like sometimes when you came around and I was like hanging out with cash at, you know, your mom's place or something, um, I looked forward to it. And I was like, oh shit, Rob's here. This is great. And then other times it was like, you were in a mood or something and you just felt like being a real jerk. And I hated when you would come around during that time. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's funny that like, I, I wanted to like circle back and then probably end this and let you get out of here. Okay. So you, you talked about how like she was take, 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 you know, and almost like, took yeah. that. and the reason why I brought up like the, the party scene was, you know, like, you know, my story um, mm-hmm. that, that comes with it. Um, and then being that asshole is literally just screaming for look at me but listen to me don't don't look at me just listen to me i'm gonna tell you what i want you to think of me and i want you to take it all in because that's all i could do and so i'm literally screaming at you like i'm bigger than you i'm stronger than you and i'm better than you and that was it but i had nothing behind it you know like you don't go back to adrian because you want to and that's always been something that I've like looked up to you for is you never, you haven't gone back to Adrian like most people and you've stuck to what you've wanted to do. Um, that, that just doesn't happen. 
you know, and now you're giving everything a second chance. You've gone from like working like the retail jobs, you know, and like the marriage, the failed marriage. Um, sure. There's like you've tried being a personal trainer. Or you still are a personal trainer. I'm still know. certified. <laughs> yeah. And that's a great career. You know, like you can do yeah. a lot with that. Um, and now you're going into real estate and, you know, like you're right on that cusp, you know, of like, it, it sounds like you found your thing. And then yeah. like, you just need that one opportunity to come and you jump on that boat and then it goes. I set sail. Yeah, yeah exactly. So how are you handling that? Like, are you going into everything? Like you want it to happen now? You know, I mean, like you've been through a decent amount, you know I mean? Like everybody's story is like, it, it's their own story. I've never been married at 21 before. I don't know what that's like. That's I have been through breakups, but never marriages. Um, and now you're talking about possibly doing another one and you have this big career coming up. Are you carrying any of that baggage? <laughs> so it's, um, I mean, I don't really ever think about it anymore. I'll tell you that it's, mm -hmm. I have so much going on now, man, that it's, um, it's just one of those things where even if I did have space for it in my mind to think about it, I still probably wouldn't choose to think about it because it's like, it's one of those things where there's nothing I can do anymore. You know, there's, there's no action I can take now in this life that I'm leading now that would alter anything that happened back then, or like the relationship that I have with her now, which is obviously a very separated one. And it's, um, because of that, if I feel like I can't do anything with something, I put no thought towards it. I literally try, I, I'm not going to say I try to erase it because the memory will always be there, but I will never put it. It sits here. If, if it ever gets thought about, it sits back here. It's never here. It's never at the front because I, I understand what my goals are and what my opportunities ahead of me are going to be. And I got to save space up here for all that. So what are your goals? My goals? Well, um, you know, try to be... I don't even know what the, what successful means in real estate. Does that mean like sell one house, you know, list a house, help someone buy a house? What does that mean? Whatever my definition is that I come up with for success in real estate, try to do that and try to do it as quickly as possible. So there is a quick time frame for that. Um, in terms of working over at the screen printing place, uh, for there, it's actually a super common goal. I'm just trying to climb the ladder. I'm trying to go from, you know, production assistant to, uh, working on one of the screen printing presses and knowing all about how that works to working into the office and becoming a graphic artist because like I don't have the full education for that or at least enough of it I've only got my associate degree and you need more than that if you want to become a graphic designer and that's the ultimate goal for the graphics place is become one of the graphic artists so you still so, wanted uh, to do both you wanted to do real yeah. estate and graphic design yeah because I know that I can't it's like it's one of those things where it's like look like what's your schedule like okay. Do you have any kids? No. Okay. Like what's your living situation? Like what are your bills? Like, are you spending more than you should? No. Okay. Like you can do these things. It's, it's, it's yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's weird to hear you say this. So okay. like, I, I well, so I've known I've, you I've, this. my mindset for everything for a while has literally just been, it hasn't been, can I do it or can I not do it? It's been, how can I do it? That's what it's been. It's always been how, okay, how? And it's always been answering that answer. How 
And it starts off real tiny. It's like, okay, we'll do this paperwork. And then, okay, go talk to this person at this place. It's literally like I'm playing GTA, dude. Like I'm just going on missions. I'm yeah. going on missions until finally I got the thing. Yeah, it's weird. So like I I can send you screenshots of like this exact conversation that I've had with other people. And yeah. like while people will go with me, I know they look at me like I'm a little crazy. Um, it, but it's true. So like yeah. it's but it's weird because if you talk to stick it's the same thing you know like it's it really is that thing but hearing it like is is weird because it's almost offensive you know i can see how people especially living where i live can take it offensively you know that you're not supposed to be confident in yourself you're not supposed to believe in yourself you're just not you're supposed to want somebody else to help you get there you know, and that somebody else is not somebody you're supposed to know. You're just supposed to blindly trust this other entity to help you get there. Um, it's weird to hear somebody else actually say that. And you believe it. Like, you fully believe you're playing a game and you're going to win. Right? Whatever winning is to me, I yeah. do believe that I will achieve that. Yeah. All right. So... Yeah. I got to know, and then I'll let you go. Okay. You take this game theory, right? And this is completely sure. unexpected. I'm kind of excited. I'm probably going to text you every now and then about this. But <laughs> Okay. So you take this game theory, okay? And I have somebody in head. I'm in my mind, and I'm not going to say who they are. <laughs> okay. So you have this game theory, and let's say you have Adrian, right? This, okay. Or just say it's a theoretical city. How do you get somebody to see what you see? Because, you know, no, I, I want to know how you can explain this. How can you, I can explain it my way. So I, so I got to hear your way. How do I get them to see what I see? Okay. Would it help if I explained my way first? No, I don't want to hear your way. Okay. All right. Because your, your way might influence how I say it. Yep. I don't want that. So... I've never had anybody ask me this before. I get somebody to see it the way I see it. Man. It's so tough because like, I've, dude, I've lived such a blessed life. Like, it's not even funny. Like, I've all, because of my positivity, I understand that that's a big factor. But like, the way I look, the way I act, the way I talk, it's all a factor of how other people treat me. And I know that a lot of other people get treated way differently than I do. And because of that, they respond differently to life. And so if I were to say, if I were to, is this person like similar to me? Are they just like some young kid, some Caucasian young kid? Who 25 has, year old and Adrian. Okay. And he's got like a couple friends and his parents were divorced. Like he's just in my situation. Mm -hmm. All right. That's easier then. <laughs> so for, for the Brandon clone. I mean, you can really say, only speak for yourself. It's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Everybody's scenario is going to be different. I, um, for the, for the younger Brandon clone, I would tell him that when you're, when you're out and about and you're around other people, no matter who it is, whether it's coworkers or your parents or your friends or, or whoever your teachers, doesn't matter. Like really like the simplest thing that I could say without overcomplicating it is just be a sponge. 
be a sponge. Like don't, don't, don't just take things for what they are and like leave it blank. Don't do that. Be a sponge. Like overanalyze things. Do it. Overanalyze that because you're not going to take all that and hold on to 100% of it. You're going to lose like 80% of it and keep the other 20% because that's how your brain works. But if you overanalyze it, you might soak up something that you didn't before and you'll keep it too. And I've done that so many times that like, dude, my brain just, my brain runs fast. It just runs fast. And it's, um, sleeping is tough sometimes. And the, so to the branding clone, I would just say, when you're in a situation with other people around you, whatever the environment is, take it all in even more than you actually want to. Like take it, like, like force it in, force that moment in, like force the interactions in from other people. Even if they're talking to other people, get that interaction in, like look around, look at your environment, get it in because all that stuff is going to like the neurons in your brain. You're just going to keep making tiny connections over and over and over, just like a baby does when it's first born. It's just making all these new connections. And if you can be a sponge over and over and over again, just like learning how to ride a bike, you do it over and over and over again, and then you're really good at it and you never forget. Do that. It sounds sponge. like you've found a way to turn ADD into positivity. See, the thing is, though, it's not ADD because I'm, it's, it's not an unfocused thing. Yeah, it's actually no. an over it's actually an over focused thing. Yeah. I get it. I get yeah. it. It's yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it's weird. So you would tell the younger version of you. Right. You have got to be a sponge if you want to change your life. If you want to change the course of your life, be a sponge. So how do you do the action? How do you do the action? Yeah. So you well, just I, you just did the Adrian thing and you said, Hey, come up with a thought. Think about okay. things. So, so how do you do the action? No, we need the action. Okay. So you got to become a big fan of lists. <laughs> That's what you got to do. It's as simple as that, man. Like what, even, even if it's like a really stupid goal, like I want to do, I want to learn how to do a proper dive into a pool. I want to learn how to properly dive off a diving board into a pool with no splash, just like the pros do it. Like set, like watch film, watch other people do it, absorb that information, make a list. Like what is their body form like? How high are they jumping off the board or how little do they jump off the board? How far, how far away from the board do they jump? Like overanalyze it because by the time that you break it down in your head and that 100% is now that 20%, it's going to be more than what other people are thinking about when they're trying to work on that dive. It's the difference between a pro and an amateur yeah. is the pros overanalyze. So yeah, man, just like, take everything in every little thing take it in because the people that pass over the little stuff and just look at the big stuff don't get what they want later because they don't see the little steps to get there they just see the big thing and they think that it's insurmountable it's not a mountain it's a pebble it's a pebble it's a pebble that leads to a mountain yeah it's it's weird so i don't know how much you know about like uh the ufc everybody knows conor mcgregor right yeah same thing with him. I saw I saw him break his leg against Poirier uh, the other the other night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So he does that when he had his rise. It was this positive mindset, you know, and like just looking forward and getting everything. And this video game analogy—that's a different, completely different perspective. I mine is different. 
I have a very different okay. perspective. Um, sure. You tell me yours, and then I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have to. I can. All right. Yeah. So the video game thing, right? Okay. Um. How do I? Yeah. So you have. I completely had it, and then I lost it. As soon as this microphone comes on, my brain just dies. It's stupid. No, all right. So there's this river, right? Okay. And there's not a river. I've never said there's a river. There's a. You're in a fucking forest, and I feel okay. like you're walking through blindly. Okay. And, Hold on. I'm closing. I'm closing my eyes. Yeah. And so you're throwing everything out there when you already really know what you want to do. And what you want to do is that next scary thing that you know is going to provide positive outcome if you follow through with it and then as soon as you do that a path opens up in the woods and it becomes a little bit easier to see where you're going the levels become a little bit easier and harder but you understand where you are and you can kind of understand like oh i've been in this situation before just at a different level and so now you can level up and you can you know that everything's going to be okay you just have to get through right now and keep moving forward look around like you were saying and digest everything so that way if you keep pushing and you keep doing that next good positive thing that's scary then you can take that lesson to the next level and you don't have to go through that pain because you can see it coming um and so i've just always seen what you know what's right you know like you always know if you're in a store and like should i steal this candy bar you know you shouldn't you always know what's right and what's good for you the hard part is is do you have the courage to go through the work of getting what you want because it's amazing to try and fail and say you tried and then come up with excuses as to why you didn't get it and it's also good to say it must be nice to be that person. And it's because everybody will look around and they'll see the nice car like, Oh, it must be nice, but you don't see what that person had to get to. So you came from Adrian, you've lived in a trailer, you know, I, you're there. You're that's kind of like your projection is you're wanting to go up, you know, to where someday one person will say it must be nice to get there and then now you can look back so you know what i've started a podcast i've been on a few why don't you hear my story and uh no one gave me this car i had to earn this car and that's kind of how i've been able to explain the game of life as a young dumb 36 year old man that has failed at most ventures in his life screwed over more people than i've made happy and done more negative than i have positive so I wouldn't take it all as a very good thing, but I can tell you that things get better and things always get better if you stick with them. It's true. You're right. And I'll, um, you know what? I'll cap this off with a quote from Ronnie Coleman. You know who that is? <laughs> so, you know I'm pretty sure let, I let introduced me, you to Ronnie Coleman. On an old tell... Mac at my mom's house. We were watching Hodge <laughs> Twin videos back in the day. I'm going to tell you that life ain't nothing but a peanut. And I'm also going to tell you that everybody, 
everybody want to be a bodybuilder, <laughs> but don't nobody want to lift these heavy ass weights. Nobody <laughs> wants to lift them. <laughs> nobody wants to. And if you, if you, the listener, if you, the listener wants to, wants to even attempt to lift these heavy ass weights, you will go somewhere. You will. You will. All you right, will. man. It's been amazing. I love you. Go tell the woman I said hi. And uh, I expect an invitation to the wedding. I love you too, man. Of course you'll get an invitation. Are you kidding me? Heck yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your night and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, bud.